Welcome, everyone, to the first episode of Anime Podcast in Another World. I am your host, Con Rathen. Joining me today, our co-host, Brady. How are you doing today? Not too bad, you. I'm doing well, sir. Getting ready to review. Tonight's uh, episode is going to focus on our 2021 review of anime and manga slash light novel reads for the year. So what we're going to do is we will talk about... Uh, probably like a top three, I would say. Keep it pretty short and simple. Uh, top three favorite animes that we watched this year. Uh, top three manga or anything that you read. It, it can be web comics. It could be light novels. Whatever you uh, enjoyed reading. And then we can throw out like maybe one or two things that were just different, worthy of uh, being noted. Whether there was something you really enjoyed or like a story that just was interesting, stuff like that. So I will let you pick out what you want to start first. We can either start with the reading material or we can start with our viewing material. Mm, Let's do reading material first. Okay. Then what I'll do is I will go first. And I'm going to say that my third thing that I picked up last year in terms of uh, reading material was, uh, so there was this series called The Witch and Beast and I read this at the very end of the year. There's seven volumes of it, but pretty brief synopsis is it's uh, the main character is hunting down a witch that put a curse on her. And the only way that she can get rid of the curse is if she makes the witch take it back. So she's hunting witches around the world for that reason. She is kind of like in a an agency. She's partnered up with somebody who is part of this agency, who's like an actual representative while she's more of like a hired goon partner, I guess. Uh, and the agency hunts down supernatural things that happen, whether it's creatures, witches, different things, whatever have it have be. Uh, and so it's pretty much like it's a very kind of gory and messy anime at times. So if you're into those kind of things, which I am, Uh, You'd probably find it enjoyable. If you uh, don't have a stomach for things like Attack on Titan, you probably won't enjoy it as much. But it's got like a very darker, like fairy tale-esque type feel. Fairy tale in the sense of like, you know, that mythical uh, setting type stuff. But it's really, really fun to see the story has kind of only just begun. We got pretty much a prelude for the first five. And then there's seven volumes released with an eighth on the way later next week, I believe, actually. And that is it so far it's starting to actually enter the story uh, phase of it where she's actually hunting her witch, like the specific witch, which it turns out her witch is like one of the most powerful in the world. Go figure. But it's really interesting read for people that like that kind of like darker supernatural-esque type themed stories. So it's definitely one I would recommend if you are into that stuff. So... Moving on to what I would say is my second favorite last year has to be Promised Neverland. So I know that it had its second airing or second season airing last year, which was a huge disappointment for a lot of people, myself included, especially because I hadn't really read it before that. Uh, It's funny because I was talking to you when one of the episodes was airing and I had brought up the spoiler that... Uh, spoiler for anyone that doesn't know, uh, Norman was alive, and you're like, who spoiled it for you? Apparently, yeah, that was that was way too early. Well, they had cut an entire arc out, and so I was like, screw it, I'm just going to read it. And 
they take like a good this is a 20 volume series and they cut like six seven volumes just completely out of the entire show and it's like why was that necessary so i liked the story even though like the first part of it kind of is a little bit slower than the anime and it doesn't have that same kind of at least while reading it you don't get that same sense of fear and uh like time that you would of everything coming together and having to be rushed that you would in an anime it still it still follows its source material really well but then you get to the second season and it just throws it away it's just there for the finishing up of an anime but the story itself is so nice because you get more development on Emma and she gets her own cool side story. And I think what's really important is like, I felt like Emma's character was really like, I know she's the main character, right? But like, it felt like she was really, really important as a character and driving force for the story. And at the, in the anime version, she just kind of like, it just all gets kind of thrown together and you don't get the development or conflict of her dealing with, wanting like not wanting to because she doesn't want to kill the demons she wants to coexist or just leave in a state where they can still survive but the kids can still survive and you don't feel that as much in the anime because it's just kind of rushed and you get a shoehorn ending so the manga was just really fun it was nice to get more character development on her and actually see her struggle with that was struggling with um you know the the demons of not wanting to kill them uh, the arc that she goes through by herself without any of her other uh, allies, her her brothers, her sisters, if you will, uh, like it really tests her morals because she's put into that situation of I have to kill them in order to survive, but I don't want to kill demons because they are still they're still beings in a sense, like a logical being that have uh, similar to humans, if you will. And she finds it hard to deal with that. So plus the ending itself gets really much more expanded on and you get to feel that. So, and I know that you've read it, Brady, your thoughts on it. Uh, yeah, just the difference between the two. The manga was, in my opinion, far better. Uh, things got elaborated on. The characters had a little more depth. And overall, the story just stayed at a higher consistency. Mm. I mean, really the only thing that the anime brought versus the manga to me was the visual effect. Like, the studio what? did did a really good job on it. Yeah, the, the manga... studio did a, a fantastic job. Like, it was a very, very pretty anime. You cannot take that away from them. But the story but... just was so compressed. Yeah. So the manga definitely will always hold higher in my mind because of that. And I think it's kind of a tragedy because I think Neverland is like, an incredibly good story that would be really fun to see adapted well, you know, in terms of an animation style thing. And if they had just decided to follow their source material, you know, and do it all the way through, I think it would have been probably one of the best animes, if not the top anime of last year, in my opinion. Uh, I just think it's a, it's a really good story and one that I don't think is worth just skipping over. So I know it's hard for a lot of people to be like 20 volumes it's a lot, but or at least a decent amount. It's not a lot compared to like One Piece or Naruto, but 20 volumes is not just easy for you to say, I'm going to sit down and do this right now. But it's definitely one where like, if you really want the real story and you watch the anime and you loved season one, then just read the manga and get like the actual experience and story 
that was supposed to be portrayed in season two. But that that was that was my number two. It is I and I still think that's probably one of the best stories in terms of like what in terms of stuff that I've read from Japan or watched from Japan. I think that's one of the best stories. Just the way that it's done and the like arc of our characters and whatnot. I think that's probably one of the best stories that I've ever been through for as brief as it is. Um, my number one is actually going to end up being a light novel. So what I will say is that uh, the sh- this was one of the shows uh, that I watched it and I walked away and I'm like, I need more of this in my life. And that show was So I'm a Spider, So What? Sorry. And so uh watched the anime. It was like 24, 26, something like that. It, it was, was 24. Was it 24? Yeah. Yeah, because was... the last episode got delayed. That's right. And, you know, so I will say this. I wasn't a big fan of, like, the animation style and whatnot, especially because we CGI characters, like, at the end. It looks really clunky and weird. It's one thing when, like, you animate the spider and CG and the other monsters in a dark cave because you can't see it as well. But once you, like, light it up with colors and different things, it looks pretty bad. So I wasn't a big fan of the animation, but what piqued my interest, at least with the anime, was um, I really like weird stories with, like, that time time dynamic where you're going back and forth between, like, a present and a future or a past and a, you know, present, stuff like that. And that's kind of what Spider did. But the anime leaves it at that spot where you're, like, you're in the, the present, if you will, but you don't really know how Kumoko, our main protagonist, gets onto the side that she's in at the very end of the series. I think, like, the last episode, they end up revealing that she's on the villain side and she's our main character, and you're like, wait, how did we make this jump? And we don't even bother to sh- really like dive too deeply into it. We kind of just get, you know, oh, she's she she, you know, met the demon lord at the very end, right before we leave. And I was like, I want to see how we got from the past to oops, sorry, past to the present. And so I decided to read it because the manga didn't even cover the entire first season. At least not what's released in physical copy. And I'm not big on reading stuff uh, online too much. I like having the physical copy if I can. One Piece obviously excluded. As well as a few others. Because uh, I like to keep up to date. But like this this was one where I'm like, I want to read the physical all the way through. And I don't even think the manga itself, even in Japan, is terribly far ahead of where the anime ended up leaving off. I could nice. be wrong about that. I don't think it's much farther than her beating her mom. I don't think. Maybe a little. So it didn't even bother to make it through the entire first season if that's where the manga's at. But uh, the light novels is obviously what it's originally from. So I was like, I'm just going to read those. And at the time, there were 12 released. I now have 13 because 13 came out like last week which I still need to read. I've kind of slacked off on that. But I binge read the heck out of those 12 volumes in like a span of uh, two weeks, two and a half weeks. Like novels essentially being like books is harder to read them than it is a manga. But uh, so the first season ends at like volume five. But that left essentially seven volumes of, hey, now you can see what they did. And her 
weird journey with the demon lord because we essentially stopped doing the going back and forth in time thing we kind of like left the season where we were going to leave it which is hey they met on the battlefield against the heroes group which is also her classmates um we are now going to go and switch to komoko and her adventure for the next several years before they get to that point in the present and it's it's weird i think of it almost like a random if you were to take like a the Hobbit adventure, just a, a giant journey to uh, a long end. Though I guess technically you still end up with like a battle of several armies at the very, very end of the series. But uh, yeah, so they end up on this journey where like you see more of the world and it's just incredibly different. Plus Kumiko is one of those characters I really like in that she, uh, she does that. She's super shy, right? She's not very social. And so often those shy, silent characters, if they say something, it's usually misinterpreted or their actions are usually misinterpreted. And so you end up with this, wow, that person is like a god or they know their stuff. And meanwhile, it's like, I have no idea what's going on. I think I got my uh, point across, but uh, here's hoping I did. And if I didn't, I'm screwed. And that's kind of what ends up happening to Komoko is she ends up looking much stronger than she is because she does stuff like that where people just misinterpret her actions for her being 20 steps ahead when she's clueless and she just winged it. So, and then it did, I think volume 12 actually gets us to right to the doorstep of where the present starts uh, at the beginning of the series where the demon war is about to begin. They kill the hero. Spoiler. It, but then again, not spoiler because he dies at the beginning of the series anyways in the present timeline. So they get to that point and... Now, like I said, I need to read volume 13 to see what happens afterwards, but it's a really fun read. Characters can be fun. I like the ideas of those power powering up things. I know it's a normal isekai for most, and most people don't like that kind of stuff, but I kind of find it intriguing when we have to save the world, and the world isn't just simply defeat the demon lord, because there's more to this world and actually saving it than killing a demon lord to save the world. The world is definitely a little bit more messed up than it would imply so that would be uh my top three and if i had to choose uh do you have any questions or anything about that i don't know if you've read too much of kumoko of a, so so i'm a spider have you spider outside of the first couple of volumes of the manga i don't think i've started the light novels at all yet i have the first couple i just don't think i've started them yet definitely it takes a lot more time to read them but you watch you watch the series, right? Yeah, I did watch all twenty four episodes. So like, I wanna I wanna continue it, but but no, light light novels don't take me. I mean, they take me a little longer than. But I can typically have a light novel done in maybe two hours. No, if I'm dang. if I'm not doing anything else, that's actually pretty good. I'm impressed. Yeah, no, it, it takes me a little bit longer than that. Like, I have to set aside a big block, which is what I did, is I took them to work and I just read them on breaks. And then I'd go home and I'd read before bed. And I just read the heck out of them. But, like I say, I, I just really got into that story probably more than I should because in the end, most people will be like, it's just a regular isekai. And it kind of is, but at the same time, it kind of isn't, so... All right, so what I would say is something that I read last year that kind of caught me off, like not off guard, right? But like something that was interesting, probably worth noting. Let's see. 
got like several options. Because there's so many things. Like I read Quince all the way through. That was a fun story. Uh, oh, I have one. And this can actually get people hyped because I believe season two is supposed to come out next season. I could be wrong, but it's supposed to be later this year. Is uh, Made in Abyss. So, mm, yes. for anyone that has not read Made in Abyss, the entire premise is essentially, or watched it, it has a season one and it has a movie. It has two movies if you just want to skip straight from watching anime hours to watching three movies and saying, I'm caught up. But uh, the entire premise is two characters, their entire, uh, they live on the outskirts of a giant abyss that sits in the middle of the world and it just goes on forever and there's so much mystery and intrigue, but there are penalties or I guess uh, you suffer if you go down, but you can't go back up. So essentially it's almost a one-way trip to hell for most people. You either survive or you die, but uh it is the weird thing is like where you we use two children characters throughout this entire series and it's so real like there isn't this overpowered protagonist that saves the day or gets stronger because he you know for he trains with some old person or whatnot like even though they there is they do train with like some other people the reality is like it's a real in this anime like there are real consequences people can get hurt you know it isn't just one of those where they sit there and they're like here are the rules oh we're gonna bend the rules a little bit and make it a little bit easier it's like no no you suffer if you go back up like it's there are gruesome side effects for moving back up the abyss um and also there are monsters and terrifying creatures down there that will kill you in pretty gruesome ways and also, you have to worry about other people that are down there, other cave raiders. So, it's uh, it's really real in terms of it. Obviously, uh, it's not for the faint of heart, but it's not super gory and stuff either. It's just, if you want like what I would consider a real adventure in terms of like how you would really be it in terms of like living out an adventure like that, it's really a good read. And Volume 9 gets us... To what I believe will be where season two will either end or at least be in the, the middle of by that point. But it's really good read. You have a lot of a lot of sad moments that happen within it. Uh, movie being part of it. I would say that if anyone's going to pick up the anime, watch the series and then watch movie three. I won't judge you for saying I'm just going to save time and watch movie one and two because they encompass the entire thing but you don't get as much feeling and elaboration but the the manga was the manga was really really good and it was really sad for me personally to find out that there were a lot of moments in it that were very much canon so it's just yeah it's it, it's hard i know that you've watched the movie with me so you understand that yeah it's yeah it's it's not it, it's something where like if you like I said, if you wanted to live out an actual adventure in terms of reading it and feeling what it's like without an overpowered protagonist or in a world where there are no consequences, this this is probably your adventure. Because even though it's not gruesome and dark and people don't like, you know, it's not like Attack on Titan where we just mutilate people for the hell of it, uh, it it's 
it's real. This is like, I could imagine this being in the real world and these same consequences and things happening for going on a said adventure and it being as hard and difficult as it is. But it's definitely worth a read. It's only nine volumes. I think volume 10 is out soon. Then like March, I think. So yeah, it's, it's not very long, but it's also a plug for season two that should be happening at this point this year. If anyone wants to just read ahead and see what's going to happen. I'd imagine they're going to continue to follow their source material. This is one of the very few animes where they have not really cut their corners. I think they've toned it down a little bit to make it more kosher for watching. I say the anime definitely stays, even though the third, the third movie was on the darker side, it definitely stays a little on the brighter tone for what it's sending message wise sometimes. Well, I mean, that's the point, right? The point is, like, we're still trying to send the message of, like, there's still hope for, uh, uh, oh, shoot, I forgot her name. Our main character, uh, female character, her entire premise is she's trying to go down to the bottom of the abyss to see her mom. While it's, you know, with all the dark things happening, there's still bright spots and still lovely moments with her and other characters on their way to getting that, you know, to accomplishing that goal. So, it's got a lot of happy moments. It's got sad moments. It's got some dark moments. It's got some bright moments. It's a, I would say, a well-rounded anime, and their visuals are always really well done. Like it's very, very pretty from an animation perspective, and their soundtrack is really, really good. So if they blow season two, I'm gonna be mad. But it was the reading itself. I still think is a fantastic story, and you'll get just as much out of it and you'll get the the feels just as well so now we can talk about your list um so three manga that i really had a favorite spot for last year one of them's definitely kaiju number eight still a fairly new publication i think only volume one's in physical print over here Okay. Uh, basically, standard monster-esque story. You do have a like a battalion of people to uh, fight the monsters, and while they themselves don't have powers, they rely on uh, new weaponry. Sometimes they've reused parts from kaiju that they've destroyed in battle. Um, and they basically have this takedown squad, and vice versa. There's also a, a cleanup. Uh, they know how to dissect the monsters, break them down, that type of squad. The story centers around um, somebody on that cleanup squad who, while he's pretty much given up on it, has this dream of becoming... He's supposed to stand at the top with uh, a childhood friend of his, but he always has zero aptitude for any of the weaponry and stuff, so he's pretty much stuck in the cleaning squad. Well, one day while he's cleaning, a parasite-esque kaiju uh, attacks him and makes its way into his body. But somehow, he's able to retain his human side, even though he can now morph into a humanoid kaiju. And then he uses that power to take down others. Um, And then he's referred to as kaiju number eight. But the problem is, any kaiju that gets numbered is typically special. Uh, mm-hmm. And so far, the vast majority of the first arc has been them fighting another kaiju called Kaiju Number Nine, 
who is devilishly smart. Uh, he's tricked him on multiple fronts already. Um, so it's it's definitely shaping up to be a good one, but there's not much source material to go off of yet. Hmm. Um, let's see. So that's kind of a real real esque world monster setting. Um, so, not that I've been terribly familiar with like that, but there aren't like. I mean, I guess kaiju is originated from Japan, didn't they? Like the idea and concept. I mean, definitely very much with similar vein as like Godzilla and stuff. Well, Godzilla, I think, was like the original one, wasn't he? But uh, I think because even Ultraman, which is, as I found out later, a lot of the people that worked on Ultraman were uh, set producers for Godzilla. Mm-hmm. So very all similar. Okay. Um, well, I was going to point out that I don't feel like I see, like, that kaiju, like, those kind of stories as often anymore. I mean, obviously, Godzilla always appears because Godzilla is always relevant. But in terms of, like, uh, like stories like that, or at least the ones you're talking about, like kaiju number eight. Yes. it's uh, It doesn't seem like those come across, but... It does seem really interesting to like have the the splicing thing. Now again, I'm not terribly familiar with too many of those titles in that genre of having kaiju, but it seems like a unique premise, especially because taking... it, it it is one of the ones that is on the Viz app for reading if you're a member, or as I found out recently, there is a uh, app published through Shueisha. Um, they actually, the Japan company actually handles the U.S. stateside release as well. So some of the translations are a little weird. Like, even though we call it Kaiju number eight over here for the official publication, mm. if you go through their app, it actually just says monster number eight. Oh. Kai, Kaiju just translates to monster. Makes um, sense. So through their app, it does say monster number eight. Oops. Um, but. Uh, they actually, Suisha has actually found out, they use the app to determine what mangas they're going to keep publishing stateside. Um, and they've also started using it to determine which anime, or which manga will get anime adaptations. Um, and that is a completely free app uh, that you're just at the mercy of whatever chapters they have on at any given time, but that is one of them that is on there currently. Huh. I have to check that out. I know I've done mine through Viz in terms of like my weekly reading, but because I mean, it, yeah, two two dollars to to read Viz a month is super cheap, especially if you're reading a lot. You mean like our One Piece? Yes. <laughs> our our twice a month One Piece. Okay. Sometimes sometimes we get it three times a month. Calm down. <laughs> Every once in a while, when he's not taking a break. Hey, you leave him alone. He's a thousand chapters in. He's earned a break. And we need a break on the anime, too, because that's at 1,000 now. But, okay, um, so that was your number three. Uh, number two is a very fantasy-esque uh, comedy spoof kind of thing. It's called Mashal. Uh, basically, it's a world of magic, uh, picture Harry Potter-esque, except for you you have to have magic, because if you don't have magic, they kill you at birth. You just oh, so they're dead. like the Spartans. Yeah, yeah, Either. very, very much yeah. so. 
Um, Either you're perfect or you get thrown down the chasm. Oh, uh, when have you're fun. when you're when you're born, you should have a, a mark on you. Typically, it's like a line. It could be a squiggle. You just have some sort of mark on you, and it signifies that you have magic. Some people have multiple marks, which means they're stronger magicians. Mm-hmm. Uh, but our main character has is born with no mark. Uh, and this this older gentleman takes pity on him, and basically, instead of killing him, sneaks off into the woods and raises him as his own son in this just cabin in the woods. Uh, flash forward, I think he's like in his teens. He's his um, he's done nothing but weight train pretty much his entire life, so he's like ridiculously strong. Uh, and has a fondness for cream puffs, which will be referenced a lot through the series. Oh, he goodness. A bodybuilder he... and cream puffs. That sounds like a mix. Anything he tries to cook <laughs> turns to cream puffs. Uh, <laughs> but um, his his grandpa feels sorry that he's raised him all alone with no human interaction. So he doesn't really have much in the way of common sense. Um feels bad and decides to basically smuggle him into this school um, after some shenanigans take place that like, hey, we're going to try to enroll you. So they basically paint a mark onto his face to hide the fact that he has no magic. Not never let alone that we're going to have an issue of if he goes to try to cast any said magic, which he can't do. Um <laughs> So basically, they'll do 1v1 duels to kind of test magic aptitude. And this guy grabs a magic spell while it's in trajectory and launches it back at the person who casted it. He can punch magic spells, deflect them. He can basically... And he'll act like when he's running that he's casting speed magic and stuff. So there's just a bunch of shenanigans. And you'll go from really, really goofy-looking panels to super detailed panels. So there's a very good range of artwork that makes me super excited for any possible adaptation that we may get in the future. Kind of like if you've ever watched uh, One Punch, how you can get a really goofy panel, and then the next second you'll have like one of the most detailed fighting scenes that you'll ever get. There's a, there's a lot of similarities with that, but I think the whole story with the magic instead of superheroes was fun. And it you get a lot of stories with magic, but typically they stay more serious. Um, or that the, the main character gets some OP ability, and so far I haven't seen that. He's just strong. He still struggles occasionally, because he's going to meet people that are way more powerful magicians as we go. And they will kick him around a little. Um, and you get to see he ends up with a couple friends and you get to see their struggles. And the whole thing just ends up being this nice kind of comedy yes where there is a serious tone in the background that they, does surface every once in a while. Okay. So overall, it stays a pretty fun read. It's a cool concept to have, like, essentially, like, because, you know, you'd think of most fantasy shows as, like, brawn like the brawn uh knuckleheads like the knights and stuff versus the the mages and whatnot the party and the fact that he has to essentially be the brawn in a world full of just magic and use that to counter it is actually a really unique take compared to to most i would say they they play through it fairly well so basically once his secret like his secret will get out because obviously you can only keep that hidden for so long 
the the biggest thing is to hey i'm gonna make the world accept that people that don't have powers can still be useful and still partake in society and as you could expect that doesn't go over the best but they're working on it mm. how far along is it um i think physical release volume four just came out okay um i think we're over over 100 chapters now i think it's been going for a couple couple years now i think Oh, so there's a good amount of read if someone's interested in reading it. That's good. Yeah, there's there's a little more substance to that one. Then it just slowly gets better as I go. It's definitely... that. That's one that, because I like fantasy stuff like that, that's one that I kind of want to check out now. Because I want to see, like I said, the, the concept and idea of essentially taking brawn to have to face off against magic or at least survive in a world where it's just magic is really intriguing to me. It's different than just the... The regular fantasy world if you have brawn and magic or just magic you know so and w- once again that is on the viz app and you can try it out for, for two dollars well, a month yeah for two dollars a month which is still not bad for especially because it has a ton a well ton literally every stuff. every chapter is available there so you could binge the entire current series for theoretically two dollars if you could read it all in the next 20 days and I know that's – well, and the nice thing is like with the Viz thing, you don't just do it on the app. Like you can do that online too. It's online, it's, yeah, it's, it's great. Um, it's, and it's on pretty much every format. So like if you had an iPad or a tablet with a bigger screen, you could – they actually have a tablet special viewing mode if you didn't know that. I did not know that. So that you can get those double panels, like if it's a double page thing. Oh, that's actually pretty good. looks so much better on a tablet. I promise that one. Yeah, because you don't, I mean, I don't think online I get a double. I'm pretty sure I only get singles. Maybe I get yeah, double. You, you, uh, maybe if you're on a laptop or a desktop, you might get the double panel. But I know on a phone, you do not get the double panel on on one screen. You have to swipe over. Hmm. So that was your number two, and that was, what was that called again? It was... Mashal. Mashal. Okay. Um, what do and on want? to your number one. Number one. Mm. What? I have so many options. I read way too many things. Um... Let's see. Just for new stuff that I started last last year, let's go as my number one. We're going to do Undead Unluck. Which, oh, boy. Which is uh, another fairly new. I think we're up to volume four published in the U.S., though, for hard sounds, physical copies. That sounds about right. Um, basically, main character is a girl where if you have any sort of physical contact with her, Something unfortunate to the worst degree is going to happen to you. The longer you touch her, the worse it gets. Um, So literally open to main chapter, character is going to jump off a bridge because they're tired of causing misfortune everywhere they go. Um, But as the story would have it, a zombie is going to crash land in front of her, accidentally pull her off the bridge, and down they go. Uh, Since he is dead already, any unluck that happens to him doesn't really do anything to him. Mm. Um, However, you find out that this zombie is basically a runaway from a special organization uh, who wants him back for obvious reasons. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, but he's tired of being cooped up because he's this sentient immortal zombie that has lived for a couple hundred years. Uh, he does have a giant, like, metal plaque sticking out of his head um, that if he removes, he gains access to his full memory, which is blocked off for obvious reasons. He's been around so long, his brain is literally not at capacity, but if it was to stay in circulation, it's so much information that it hurts sometimes. Mm. But he also keeps his sword sheathed in his arm. That's awfully uh, convenient. Because, you know, he's dead. He doesn't feel the pain of it coming in and out of his arm, and he heals every time he pulls it out. So what's the deal? Um, but basically, they find out that there's organization, and in order to not be pursued by the organization, the next logical step is to take over places in the organization. And the only way to do that is to defeat slash kill current chair members of the board. Oh, my. Um, and they're given that idea from a different board member who then proceeds to laugh at them and run away. Uh, and basically, it's just their their little journey going through, hey, how do we, how do, we do this where, you know, like, the whole time they're doing it, they're sending, like, all these faceless minions after them. Mm-hmm. Uh, they'll attack them through disguise <laughs> techniques. And there's just a bunch of comedy rolled into this, even though they actually have a semi-serious mission of what do we do to not be pursued. And so far, and I'm not terribly far in it yet, because I'm, even though I'm really liking the concept of it, it's something I kind of go to every once in a while. Mm-hmm. Because... While there's a serious-esque tone in the back of, yeah, they could theoretically, she could die, he could get put back in lockup, and there's just something that kind of, like, eases you into it. Okay. Um, it's something kind of a, a like a tension release for me, kind of similar to uh, the way the house husband is. Ah, yes. yes. If you've dabbled in that at all. It's just a, it's a little bit of a break from the... Uh the norm their normal grind for most anime fans or manga i mean whichever your preference as you consume through the the most that you can get your hands on before it becomes out of print mhm of course so that was your your number 1 and i actually i've picked it up a few times and like wanted to it's just something i haven't read I have the the covers are really catchy too because they're very bright and vibrant and they kind of pull you into to picking up the volume. Mm, it yeah. I would I would agree with that. Yeah. All right. So, do you have any special shoutouts or anything that you were like, yeah, this was interesting? I wouldn't put it in my top three, but it was something that was interesting. Um. So something that I couldn't put in my top three because it wasn't something new that I started, and by I think they're literally on volume 21 of the light novel, if that tells Goodness. you anything about the scope of the series. I'm starting to get worried. And with any luck, we'll finally get our season two this year in October. Oh, no. It's uh, Shield Hero. <laughs> I knew I did, where this was I, going. I, I, I did read the first nine volumes over the last couple of years. Okay. Um, nine probably getting us through wherever season three will take us. Um, and let me just tell you, season two will be great if they follow the source material. Um, we'll definitely get more interactions with the uh, the heroes from the other world. 
uh, mm. if you want to call them that, or the villains of this one. Um, there's a lot more at play than what we know so far. And I've kind of lost some of the anger at the heroes from the other world based on reading it. Because You're I think. Angry with them? Well, I mean, they're the villains. They're here to bring about the destruction of this world. They they lied to our, you know, they lied to Naofumi in the in the begin the end of season one. That's that is true. Then they sat, fought, and then their their other their third one came in and almost turned the tide of the battle. Um, so there's a, there's a little tension there, obviously, mm-hmm. because. Yeah, now they have this mysterious lure to them, and then you find out later that they're literally just the heroes of their world mm. with their world's sacred weapons. Like, oh, it's a fan, a scythe, and whatever. I don't remember what the other two weapons are, but that's their four holy weapons. Mm-hmm. And so, like, there's obviously, and it just leaves more questions, there's obviously a, a bigger, stronger entity that's pulling the tide to make these different dimensions go hey go fight each other Mm -hmm. like these rifts or something that there's more to them it's almost like there's a uh, like a higher power i guess if you will that's like uh pulling the strings which would would be different because for this one they they didn't really do the concept of gods with the reincarnation it Mm -hmm. was literally just hey we did a summoning spell you're our heroes and there, there wasn't like, oh yeah, we we believed in this. Like their only religion was the the church of at the time was three heroes because the shield hero was unfavorable. But like, if that's their only religion, it doesn't really break into account what could be pulling the strings. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm sure once I, because I own, I don't know if I picked up twenty one. I may have. I'd have to check my my handy dandy catalog because you know. It's impossible to remember all 3,000 volumes of manga once you hit that point. Yeah, I can imagine. I've seen, <laughs> your, I've seen your library. I I can't hardly remember half the stuff that you have, and you're just like me, where not everything is a complete series at this point. Nope, you pick stuff up as you see it, whether it's... whether it's the next volume you need, or literally just... Oh, nope, I only have up to 20... Nah, so you still have to go buy 21. I'm pretty sure 21's out. I'm pretty sure it is, too. I think it was, like, just a new release. Because both of my bookstores here are terrible about getting stuff uh, on time. Books a Million, it wasn't... It stopped being very good? They're not the greatest with light novels. They do really good at getting mm. the the regular manga there on time. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Barnes will sometimes have some oddball ones that Bam doesn't have, Mm. but both of my local stores are terrible about getting, getting stuff on time. See, I found that Barnes here will tend to get their things about a week before they're supposed to release. Bam seems to get them a week after they were supposed to release. So if I want to get my new stuff, I go to Barnes. If I want to bulk up, I go to Books a Million. But. Ooh. Looks like I'm almost three volumes behind the English release. What? On Shield Hero? To 23? Um, so. 
21 came out October of last year. And um, 22 came out in December. Um, but according to this... Twenty three is in a weird spot, I guess. What do you mean? Um according to this, the volume twenty three hasn't even come out in Japan. No. So I didn't realize it would be that close. Usually there's a fairly decent gap between us and Japan in terms of everything that's released. checking my least favorite source for this. My anime list? No, I'm now on Wikipedia. Oh, that that would be a bad source usually. Uh, so yeah, there is no There is no um There is no volume 23 on their site. So I guess I would technically be all caught up if I was able to go buy the rest of them. <clears throat> so okay. with that. That was, and that was your number, no, that wasn't no, number one, was that it? That was, was your just that fun one. That was just one, one that I'm, I'm excited to keep reading and keeping me excited for the anime that should hopefully, in theory, finally come out this year. Well, I think they announced it, right? So, hopefully. There's a lot of things that have been announced. They had announced it to come out fall of last year, and then they pushed it back all the way till fall of this year, so... Mm. I can hope that it will stay on track this time. Well, I think that's how we're feeling about a bunch of things. All right, so we're on to our animes from last year. So, obviously, we have to bring up Neverland and how awful it was because that was, if it had actually been good and if they hadn't decided to just finish the series and done the next arc, that probably would have actually been top three because of how good it was in terms of its animation. But its storytelling was awful, and storytelling is what matters in terms of my opinion. I'm really big on two stories, and so that's why one of my things that I'm going to bring up is a series that's essentially in its prelude phase with its anime, which was Shadow's House. So Shadow's House is kind of like a, like a, it has like a feel like a dark haunted house type feel. It's not taking place in a haunted house. It just has that feel. It's a very dark aesthetic anime. Uh, there's a lot of mystery and intrigue in the world. Uh, it's pretty much centers around a giant mansion with two different groups that reside within it. There are dolls, living dolls, actually is the proper term. And they're more like, uh, they, they're very human-like, you know, they, they have flesh, they look like people, they walk and talk like people. Uh, and then the masters of the house, the ones in charge of the living dolls are shadows. 
And so shadows are kind of like uh, like the nobles of the house. They're in charge. And each shadow has their own uh, living doll that serves them and does all of their cleaning and acts like they're essentially like their servants, if you will. One individual one for each shadow. And the dolls also act as their face in terms of portraying their emotions and portraying their actions and mimicking them as much as they can. So our story... Uh, the main character of the story is called Emiliaco, and she is just, she's a character that you look at her and you're like, you are in the wrong anime because she's so bright and so perky. And I want to give credit to her voice actress for doing such an amazing job of bringing her character to life because she really makes Emiliaco like the very bright, bubbly, optimistic character that she is. But like it, it's such a sunshiny way that you're like, yeah, she's in the wrong anime in terms of how it's a dark setting, but yet she's a bright and optimistic character. And the funny thing is it's not like, I mean, she contrasts everything, but it's that bright bubbly personality that allows her to see problems much differently than everyone else. And it also allows her to make friends much different than other people in the house. So it's really cool to see how she bonds with her shadow uh, Kate and what's funny is I think Kate was like actually well portrayed too and like the the it's almost like a good half if you will for Emiliaco because Emiliaco is the bright bubbly personality Kate is more of a reserved but strategist because Emiliaco solves these problems just by her being an outside of the box thinker without her thinking thinking about things meanwhile Kate is more of like I am going to be super cautious and calculate everything down before we even do anything. And she's super skeptical and super untrusting of stuff. So it keeps her from getting into too much trouble. Meanwhile, it's kind of like the, the anchor and yet the driving force for Emiliko because she wants Emiliko to be herself. So it's really fun. Very short. It's only like 12 episodes. It's on Funimation. And I think there's a dub for it too. But it's really, really pretty and well done. The like animation's done really well. The score and OST is really, really good at giving you that feel of excitement at times, at that kind of weary, like dark, sinister feel at times. Uh, and like I said, the the main voice actress from Lyco did a phenomenal job of portraying her character. Like she really brings the big bubbly personality to life and lightens up the anime when you wouldn't think it would be possible or it would be really difficult. So it's definitely one we're trying. That was that was my number three for the year. I really, really enjoyed Shadow House when I really didn't think I would. Uh thought it would just be just another show that I watched and I was very pleasantly surprised when I was watching it to find out that was not the case. So with that being said, my number two would have to be the Duke of Death and his maid. So I am, as you well know, I really, really enjoy a good romance if it's done well. I know that normally people are like the harem ones where you have to try out four or five different girls and then settle on one and create a waifu war and all that. But like there's something simple about a show where it's just the guy and one girl and you can see like a genuine love blossom, not just them 
you know, oh, well, I like her, but she might not like me. So you drag your feet. Like when it's just out in the open and you see it developing throughout the show. And that's kind of what happens in Duke of Death and uh, his maid is our main character. Essentially, he has the opposite of the uh, the Midas touch. Instead of turning things to gold, he uh, kills anything that he touches, anything that's living. So people, animals, flowers, so no pets. <laughs> but uh, so he's kind of secluded and kind of thrown out of his family estate, if you will, for obvious reasons. And so he has a maid that attends to him, who is a childhood friend who is very, very fond of him. And early on you get like this really, like she is pretty overly, what's the word? She does her uh, best seduction of him. It's pretty broad and like pretty out there and prevalent early on if that's her character. But she, she definitely tampers down a lot the later on the show goes because she doesn't need to be. Um, but she does a lot of like those tricks of, are you sure you don't want to touch, <laughs> want to touch my uh, boobs, or are you sure you don't want to kiss, or, you know, how is my uh, dress today? Even though she's a maid and you know he's uh, nobility, but what's cool is the fact that even though she's teasing, like you still start to see throughout the show, like the 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 relationship building between the both of them. He's still very fond of her. He's very much the like you know, the shy guy, if you will, but you still see a, like a mutual interest and love from both of them, even if it's an unspoken one. And it's cool to see their relationship grow throughout the series. Uh, as he's also trying to figure out how to undo the curse that the witch is, a uh, witch has put on him, which is that curse if he calls anything because he knows he can't have any kind of romance relationship. You know, it's, it's a bit of a buzzkill if you, uh, love somebody and then the minute you kiss them for the first time they uh turn to dust it's a bit of bit of a downer so but uh it's kind of fun it's got really pretty animation it does take a little bit of a cgi effect actually not kind of it it is cgi to a good amount but i like the bright colors and the way they do it enough that i can get over the cgi I wouldn't say it's the best CGI I've ever seen, but it's definitely not the worst. And I think in terms of a story and just kind of a sweet, this is how I've enjoyed my time. It's really, really fun. Uh, it does not have a conclusive ending in terms of anime, so you will be left on cliffhanger. But in terms of just like a story to start out for, it's it's, it's sweet. And it, it I, I really, really enjoyed it a lot. I'm going to say, so, I'm pretty sure they confirmed a second season for that as well. So Did they? That's there will fantastic. there should be more on the way. See, that makes that makes me happy right there. Like it, I don't know, th there's something sweet about kind of like a genuine romance. It's very much similar to like even though there's not a lot of teasing in Fly Me to the Moon, it's kind of the same feeling of one guy, one girl, they're going to be in a relationship one way or the other, so you get to see that grow. It's just a different dynamic because she tends to tease and be a little bit more uh, overt about those things versus he is very much more the shy guy like I don't want to see you know but it's it's very cute their dynamic we have a few fun songs like a Christmas song that's sung in the middle and another song that uh, the main lead and the female both do so it's 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 fun it's a very sweet anime and on to my number one which 
As much as I really wanted to put Spider in there for the story, I can't because CGI was just... It was so bad. So, with that, I would say that my number one last year, and this really makes me feel silly because I wasn't a big fan of how the manga ended, but I would say that my number one last year was Quince. So, Quince is still like a really fun romance story in of itself because, like, the dynamic and concept of having five sisters who are all lookalikes playing tricks and being able to come up with shenanigans is just really fun and an interesting concept, even though it's weird that five sisters are all aiming for the same guy. And obviously Japan really, really likes the, I am the tutor and somehow I always fall in love with my students type thing. Uh, but it was, it, it's still very sweet. It's, it has this moments where it's, it's out there, but it's also very, very sweet moments you still get like good relationship building between Miku and the main character, or you get the same thing from, uh, oh, what was it? it was uh, the sister with the uh, the little butterfly hair clips? Oh, butterfly hair clips. Her, her start. Her her name was like it started with an N, didn't it? Are you talking about the one that you liked? In Quince. Oh, um. Fuck. I know. We're both drawing a blank. This is so bad. <laughs> I, I wanted to say each gun. I know that's wrong. That is <laughs> not true. In fact, I actually think Ichika was probably up there for worst. Worst Coral of the Year in terms of how shitty uh, she was no. towards worst her siblings. Worst Coral of the Year is definitely Mommy. And no one will change my mind. Rena Girlfriend came out two years ago, buddy. She gets it twice. No, Just that's not how that works. Just in case you're not reading the manga, read it, and you'll understand why she gets it twice. I could have thrown that on this list. <laughs> st- I haven't read nearly as much as you have of Rent. But, but uh, also, season two confirmed for that, so there's that. But uh, point being, like his moments with each of the siblings is really fun. And as somebody who knows how the the manga ended, I can tell you that it definitely ends up being kind of a surprise. But you get to start seeing those glimpses of who he ends up choosing throughout that uh, season two. But it was it was very cute. It was very enjoyable. Even though it, it is kind of a harem thing, it's it's it has its moments. Okay, I'm a sucker for those things, those rom coms. So, couple shout outs before I go too crazy. Spider, I still think if you enjoy story, is a fun isekai, but show is Mashoko Tensei, uh, Jobless Incarnation, which I think a lot of people actually had as like a number one. That was that was a really that was a really fun isekai last year, and still on. Uh, is it still ongoing? I think Four. the season three is going to be confirmed, right? Four. Uh, which one? Sorry. Mashoko Tensei. Uh, I believe season three got it confirmed. I'm not 100 percent on that. Not, but I mean, the the light novels are ongoing, I believe. Yeah, because I just bought fourteen last week, and yeah, that one that one was a really fun one too. I'm trying to think of any special shout out, something that was unique. That, well, 
like oh, I had so many things. Like I really, really enjoyed Farewell Kramer because I related too much to being a soccer kid and not a good soccer kid. I was pretty miserable <laughs> at it, but I enjoyed playing it for the fun. Uh, you had a lot of different sequel seasons. World Trigger comes to mind. Uh, ReZero needs no explanation. Uh, neither did Attack on Titan, which now we get our final arc, so yay. Uh, Nagatoro was really fun. I know you didn't watch it. I know it's no. kind of bad, controversial thing to say. Na- Nagatoro, please. <laughs> please. Uh, 86. Okay, if anyone didn't watch 86, 86 was actually... Okay, for a, a mecha, which I'm not big into mechas, right? It say, was... Look at you recommending a mech anime. I know. It's the story and concept, because I can almost sympathize with any kind of story where, like, not sympathize, right? But, like, I can, I, I can really appreciate and, like, get emotionally invested in a series that has to do with the topic of like racism and more specifically, if you were to throw it more into the context of like a world war two type racism, because that's kind of what it is where essentially the people on the front lines are sent there as cannon fodder to die for another race. If you will, don't want to go into too much more detail. It can be really emotional. It was really well done. They de- they gave it a season two fairly quickly. I think what we did season one at the, almost the start of the year and had season two by near the end or by fall, if I remember correctly. Oh, uh, it was the second season already came out. Yes, second season came out. It was really really good. Uh it's it's one worth watching, one worth reading too. Though I haven't gotten too far. I have volume eight right there and volume nine will come out in terms of light novels i think that comes out in like april and there's only two of the manga so you can't get too too far but watch it like somebody if you're into mechas you'll really enjoy it if you can kind of get if you're willing to get invested in the story on the emotional side it's it hits some deep deep moments it's it's definitely one that i sat there at times and i was tearing up a little bit because it, it is sad at times it it is not like a happy-go-lucky type thing it it has a lot of sad moments so be prepared but that was one where i didn't want to put in my top mainly because i really got emotionally vested in my rom-coms because i'm trash but uh 86 was sad for other reasons and it's another one where you're just like yeah, you get emotionally attached and you get to watch characters not always make it, which is very sad. So there's my anime for 2021. Um, where do I want to start off for my bottom three? Let's see, because I feel like my top two are equally good in their own ways. Um, They're just so different genre-wise. So where do I put for my... Third one. X-Arm. Everybody puts X-Arm as three. I mean, X-Arm could be the one that I wanted. It's the one you wanted to root for, and it just let you down, stabbed you in the eye every week. Because visually, it's the worst thing created. Those poor people had no idea what they were getting into when they went, Hey, we could make an anime. Little did they know that they could not make an anime. 
Um, you know what's funny is because uh, the studio that did Mishoko Tensei, like that studio, started just for Mishoko Tensei, and like yes. that was. But that had a. Well, and I believe that the, was it. Was it, was that terribly experienced people? They had some experience at least. They had done small projects here and there, and uh, collectively created their own studio and were working on that. Mm. Um, the problem with X-Arm Studio is, A, it was a brand new studio, and B, nobody in the studio had ever done an anime before. Mm. And boy, did it show. <laughs> you had 3D people with 2D people in the same frame, and you ever think of bad CGI? Boy, did they nail bad CGI. Um, but I, I really like the story. So, I mean, if you're going off series that I really wanted to be better than what they turned out to be, it's X-Arm all the way. Because it, 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 to me, it was a really good sci-fi-esque futuristic story. Mm. And I wanted to love it for the story. It had twists and turns, but it was so hard to watch visually. Um, I really... The, the opening and the ending, I think I kept because I, I liked both of them. The opening was a banger. It was so um, good. <laughs> but, oh, the, the just the animation made you really want to not go back to it every every time. Um, But actually, for my, my third one, is it's, it's, it's an isekai. Because, you know, where would my list be without an isekai? Of course. Um, uh, it's called Faraway Paladin. Oh yes. Main character um, doesn't really remember his past life, so it's not your standard isekai. He all he really remembers from past life is that he had regrets. That hey, um, I I just feel like I didn't do my best, and I'm scared that I'm gonna do that again in this life. Mm. Um, but he's raised by a zombie, a skeleton, and a ghost. What a trio. Um, he was basically left on the border of this abandoned territory to be sacrificed to maintain the seal of the of this demon demon king basically. Um well these three decided to raise him. Um and as they raise him they teach him the ways of sword, uh the magic of this world and um the zombie is actually a she used to be a priest, so she still prays and gets, um, through her prayer, she gets, like, this holy bread and basically allows uh, him to perform a communion that he doesn't know he's taking part in 100%. Um, but you find out that the three of them were actually pretty strong adventurers back in their day. Um, and they get to a certain point, and you learn about there's several gods of this world uh, they're, some of them are evil gods, or they'll be considered good gods, but none of them are truly good or evil. It's just how you look at them. Mm-hmm. Like the the god of death, or undeath, as you would say, that creates living dead. He's not evil in his own right. He gives people a chance to not feel pain, and if someone takes him up on that offer, that doesn't make them evil. Does mm-hmm. Do they turn into mindless killing machines sometimes? Yes. Or in the case of the three that raised our main character, they retained their wills far for a long time uh, because they ultimately made a deal with him to protect this seal. Um, and they maintained their, their minds for a couple hundred years before they 
before their deal was up. So it really just depends on, you know, how much you're willing to put in for this deal, like the deal with the specific gods. Yeah. Um, basically, main character, not technically OP, um, missing common sense again because raised in captivity, more or less. Uh, has never seen an actual living person for his first 14 years of life. Um, goes into this and while yes he's strong he knows that based on the teachings of his three mentors that he, there's so much more room to grow and there's just a general decline in current world versus what he learned from them um, and just the artwork the soundtrack was also good um, it was overall just a really great story and I'm excited for a possible season 2 of this Nice. Has it been confirmed um, yet or anything? I don't know if it was confirmed. I know the source material is ongoing. Whoops. Mm. Getting a little bumpy there. A um, little shaky right there. But um, for number number two, and this is where my list gets a little fighting because I really like both these enemies probably equally. Um, but both of them are kind of mystery-esque. Uh, this first one comes off as a little less intense because of probably the art style. Um, even though I feel like both stories have equal stakes at hand. Um, so basically what I'll put at my number two is going to be Odd Taxi. Ah. Really love the artwork. Um, yes, it is a bunch of what looks like animals. Yeah, I mean, the main character is literally a walrus that drives a taxi. Um, his doctor is an ape, like a gorilla. Um, uh, his best friend's a monkey. Um, and as you go through the series, there's this underlying story, and you meet these different people, and sometimes you'll see the story through their perspectives. And eventually all these perspectives come together and interlap and overlap in this just one massive story that is taking place in this town. And... Um, you'll see flashbacks of stuff in shadows and stuff. And it makes you wonder, are we seeing things the way they really are? Um, is there something going on here that we don't know that we're not understanding? Um, and it was such a great series to kind of piece together as you went. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't think there'll be any more. It's a very kind of one and done series. So it's definitely just a good, Hey, here you go. And just kind of run with it. And I, overall, I thought it was a great series that had a very good start and a very good end. And the middle made you just kind of want to keep going till you got to that end. That There was like, ah, I can take a break and go back to this later. I, I felt that each episode flowed into the next one so well that you just kind of wanted to be there for the next one. Okay. It's definitely one that I've heard a lot about. I think I've seen a few YouTubers have put that as their... Number one or number two. Uh, I, I know it had a Kickstarter to get a, a physical release as far as the anime, but I'm not sure where that got. Oh, that would have been nice. I think it would have been untran. I think it would have been untranslated if we got it over here because I think the Kickstarter was through Japan. But it still would have been a cool thing to attempt to get. Yeah. So that was your number two. Ta How long was Og Taxi? think let me find my phone because i believe that was a crunchy roll 
think it was 12 or 13. Thirteen episodes. No, oh, that's that's not even that long. Holy no. cow! No, like I said, it's, it's a very short start to finish. Like it's it's just good, and each episode made me want to go back and be like, "Whoa, what what what's happening next?" Good rewatchability. Oh yes. Um, I I don't think that knowing what's going to happen would impact the story. Like if it was like, oh. Hey, I haven't watched this in like a year or so. Like, it would be fun to go back and just see the characters. And it's one of those things that, hey, maybe you'll pick up on this that you missed last time kind of thing. Because there's so much to take in as the story's going. Like, the the background effects of what's happening very much play in. Because you may notice a character that we focus on later interacting mm-hmm. with something in the background that very much changes the story that you didn't see the first time. I like that the being the puzzle piece esque type setting for a uh, for story. Um, but I think obviously I think honestly my number one though, oh, um, no. was Tokyo Revengers. Oh wait, I don't know if that's where you thought that was going. I thought it was gonna be. I thought it was gonna be Jujutsu Kaisen. I I totally okay. forgot about Tokyo as much, Revengers. As much as I love Jujutsu Kaisen, and I patiently waiting for season two in the movie to come out. Um. I can get my fill of that anytime I want because I can go to the manga and I can keep reading ahead in that mm. through legal means because Shonen Jump is a mass powerhouse that gives me just about any manga I could ever want. But then you have Kodansha over here that's like, do you want a physical release? Well, that's too bad because we're not going to give it to you. Um, So I got my first volume of manga of Tokyo Revengers through a humble, humble bundle like fall it was a fall preview manga sale and they gave you like the first three to it varied like i think to your eternity i got like the first nine volumes and i know i got farewell kramer in there and a bunch of stuff that was starting in that fall season mm-hmm. or, or spring or whatever it was and i got it a was, bunch of it them was in spring it. um and uh tokyo revengers was in there and i'm like I, I don't know what this is. It only gave me three volumes. It's one of the shortest ones they gave me. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I started it. And it's about these ki- It's about this kid who it starts present day for him. He's very much kind of a lazy bum. He works part-time at a video rental store. He's kind of s- just laying, lounging around his mess of an apartment. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden he sees that his ex-girlfriend from middle school died in a in an accident with her younger brother. Um, and that's kind of how it opens. And he, he's upset about it because he hadn't talked to her since middle school. Um, and he doesn't really have any memory of why it ended. So he, he kind of goes out and he's about to get on a train when all of a sudden someone pushes him into the train. Next thing he knows, he's waking up in his body of his middle schooler self, unaware of how he got there. Uh, so he's kind of given a second chance to kind of alter the course of history to uh, basically change the outcome of this death, hopefully. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a catalyst that he's unaware of in the beginning that allows him to go back to the present to monitor any changes. Okay. Um, but just because he went to the past doesn't mean he's able to do anything about it. He's still very much the weak, scrawny self that his 
his middle school counterpart was. Mm-hmm. Um, he's not particularly strong, brave, or any of that. Um, so, and he was definitely bullied by an older kind of middle school gang that stepped in. Mm-hmm. Um, and you end up finding out that there's this bigger gang um, that he ends up becoming a part of later down the road. Um, and through strange turns of events, becomes best friends with the leader and the second in command. Even though he's still kind of just this weak kid who sometimes spouts out these really cool ideals. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it's going to be inner fights between them with other gangs. Uh, a kid that wants to come in and take over the gang. And I just thought the anime did such a good job of conveying the feelings of these characters. Mm-hmm. Um, and I thought the like even the like the sound was pretty good. The opening song for the anime that they they actually even though it was a twenty four episode run, they never changed the opening. They changed the ending, which is normal. But opening changing is nor- like normally would happen midway, but didn't. Mm-hmm. But the the title of the song was called Cry Baby, which I thought was very fitting because the main character is constantly in tears. Um, and even though by the time it got to the point of hey season one's ready to wrap up. I was on the edge of my seat, even though I knew what was going to happen because I'm so terrified that it's going to be one of the anime that changes something. So I'm, I'm on the edge of my seat waiting for everything to go down. And all of a sudden they do the gunshot and the screen just goes to black. And then they're just like, okay, episode's over. And they're like, maybe there's a season two, maybe there's not. And they did, they did get a season two confirmed later, but at the time they weren't, they weren't greenlit yet, so they're just like, okay, we're going to end on the gunshot, and that's it. Like, if you read the manga, you probably know what's going to happen if we don't change it, but here you go. That's what you get. What a cliffhanger, especially because most people only watch animes. Not that well, that's a bad thing. But... There's, I don't know how far their digital vault goes for that here, mm-hmm. since I was reading it on third-party sites at this point. Um, so I don't know how much of that Kodansha actually has available to buy digitally. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's no physical release, so it's not like a bunch of people can just go, oh, yeah, I read that far. So I know I know what's going to happen when we pick up on Season 2. That's There's kind of just that you either watched it or, hey, you're stuck waiting for the next season like everybody else. Okay. So... Tokyo Avengers taking the number one spot on your list for 2021. So any shout outs, anything that like piqued your interest or that you found enjoyable, even if it didn't make your top three? Um, Something I found enjoyable was actually probably just a season two of something that it's not overly serious. I feel like the manga has started to got a little more on the serious side. And I would like to see some cool twists happen in it. But it's called uh, Iruma Demon School. Mm-hmm. Um, it's an enjoyable kind of side side watch kind of thing. Okay. Basically human, and since this is season two, a little more has happened. But human got enrolled in a demon school because uh, one of the three potential candidates for the demon lord has adopted him as his grandson. Uh, after his parents basically sold him off to him. Um, And it's just kind of what happens as he tries to move up the ranks as a human in a demon school where they can use magic and stuff. 
And they did kind of retcon a pretty cool way to allow him to use magic that's not suspicious. And it's not like, oh, well, that's a cheat. Uh, it felt very natural for this to be a thing that could happen. Um, but overall, I think the story moves pretty well, and I really like how the anime is handling the story that is out. So it's also another series that I wish I could have published of, but alas, here I am with no publication for it. That's how I feel about Shadow House. Shadow House <laughs> doesn't have a English publication, but yeah, it's been published in other places around the world. So you have to find the skins on, uh, on the internet, which isn't bad. And at some point I'll probably read it. I want to get like more into those me with mysteries. my Kenichi one. Yeah, we just we'll, we'll keep waiting. I mean, every year we get more and more anime or more manga uh, material, more manga or light novels. I mean, heck, I'm pretty sure what Horiyama, uh, another rom com from last year. Actually, I guess that wasn't rom com. That was just a good solid romance series. But I have it buried back there. But I don't remember that being out at all. And then all 15 volumes that had been released up to that point just showed up in mind. Yeah, because it, it, it had been out for a couple of years before the manga hit, or for the anime hit. And I think that goes to show you how, like, certain, like, bookstores will only buy what they think is going to be popular. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, bigger cities obviously probably had them the whole time. But, like, we don't live in necessarily bigger cities. And no. then they go, oh. Hey, this is popular now. We need to get our hands on every volume we can. And then, what? For a solid couple months, when it came out, we only had access to the like the newest couple volumes. And then one day we went in, and they had like five copies of every volume, one through ten. Oh yes, yes, yes. So I mean, and then especially the backlog, like you could tell with the shipping delays and stuff when when their mass orders would hit them because all of a sudden they would have so many books that didn't fit on the shelf because two and three shipments of orders were hitting them at the same time. And then it would take, I don't know, not even a week for the shelves to slim back down because the buying power had gotten so big in our area. Because let's not forget, ever since COVID hit, manga sales have jumped over 400%. And that's why orders I put in a year ago at Right Stuff are still still waiting I'm still waiting for my volume six and seven of Didn't I Say of the light novels. I'm still waiting for, I believe, six and nine on Defrag, which that's a series I really, really want to start. Uh, yeah. Mm. Bun- bunch of things that have been held up. So, but Wait, which which volume of Defrag are you waiting on? Six and nine. Uh, I don't know if I have either one of those, so I can't help. No, it's okay. I wasn't going to ask for <laughs> donations from your library to mine anyways. It's okay. I found out my Kill the Kill box set's worth. Uh, my limited edition one through five that I have is worth have over a... $600 now. You have a box set for Kill the Kill? The, the, the anime. I bought it at a convention back in like 2014. And I someone oh, posted it to one goodness. of my group chats. It was like, hey, this is $600 golly never underestimate the power of something that is somewhat trashy because it will be worth money oh <laughs> uh, it wasn't it wasn't it wasn't trashy it was cultured it was cultured. <laughs> that's how we have to phrase things it's is that, not is that how i can trash. label x-arm N- it's was it cultured it's cultured. 
I mean, as the as the <laughs> as the great Gigguk would once say, that it, it's it's cultured. We are men of great taste, not men of not men of the dumpster. Oh, uh, so yeah, that would uh, that's our our reviews for twenty twenty one. It was uh, definitely a good year, I would say. Even though I I will admit I didn't watch as much as I should have. I spent the first half of my year watching One Piece. So Due to some corruption. Uh yeah. <laughs> I I I spent from from November of 2020 until April of 2021 binging the heck out of One Piece. So I lost a lot of time and series that I could have been watching to watch that plus I watched Gintama, which is also not an easy series to just binge through. Uh, in terms of how quickly you can get through it, so, but it was it was an overall good year, and you know I got a lot of reading done, not just because I've been building my library at a very very unhealthy pace, but because there you know, there's there's a lot of good things I I really enjoyed reading stuff that came out this past year. So, with that, what we're going to do, okay, so. I think we should probably get close to wrapping up. Usually what we do is probably talk about like some of the things that came out this week, whether it be one piece or different things like that. Cause one piece is a shared series between us, but I think we'll leave it for now, even though it was a big chapter, what I think we will do. So for anyone still listening next week's topic is going to be about the Crunchyroll awards that ended up closing. Was it last week? Last week is when it closed straight. Yeah. One, about 10 days ago now, I think. Yeah, and I don't remember when we are supposed to get the announcement, but we will tell you guys what our picks were. Actually, yeah, I think think we should do that, right? Are you checking to see when, uh, when it's supposed to air? The awards? I think it's supposed to air next week. Give me one Is second. It- Crunchyroll Awards 2020, uh, February 9th, so that oh, is next so, Wednesday. Yeah, so if we did our show, we could go over our picks as it... Yeah, we can do that. So then what we'll do is next week, so for those on YouTube, it'll probably be out the day after, but we will review the things that we did, and we'll do our picks as they get announced, what we would have been doing. Uh, for each category, which I believe each of us has them written down somewhere. Uh, we'll talk about those, and maybe if there was something that we feel was excluded on the list, because I feel like there were some. I mean, Crunchyroll's only going to have usually the most popular things, but there were some series where I was like, why? Why not this? Like, Shadow House only got one thing on there, and it was its ending. And I was like, why? There should be more. It had a really good animation. Um, but plus best antagonist and protagonist being Aaron Yeager. Glad he could win. He will more than likely win both categories. So thank you for that. But we'll talk about that next week. So what we'll do at the end of every week is to kind of uh, encourage the other to, to experiment and go outside of our thing is we will recommend them one manga or anime that they need to watch for the following week. Uh, We get to, 
we'll we'll pull one of each, uh, either something to read or something to watch for the other one to, to do before next week, and they will talk about it, so that we're at least encouraging a little bit of growth on both of our parts to explore in the other's realm. So, with that, what I am going to do is I will pick out uh, an anime and a manga for you to at least start and get a little bit of a taste that you can talk about next week, Brady. And you do the same for me. And what I will pick out is I'm going to pick out for manga a series called The Dark History of Villainess. So, and that is up to four volumes right now, I think. I've read all four. So it's anyone that, well, I'm not going to spoil anything, but four volumes should be very quick. I've talked about it with you before. I don't think you've read any of it, correct? No, I have not yet. Yeah, it's similar to Villainess, but it's got its own twist. I want to know your take on it. So that's your manga option or your anime option is you can watch Shadow House and give me your your opinion on that one. Um, Let's see. So for mine, actually after going over it, I really think it'd be you'd really enjoy um, uh, Odd Taxi for my anime. Okay. I think that's something that's definitely worth your time to watch. Mm-hmm. And as for something to read after going over and kind of judging your responses, I think that you should check out Mashal. Out okay. of the three that I picked, I think that would be the most enjoyable out of the three. Okay. Um, but between those two, they're both fairly accessible. Crunchyroll Viz. Mm-hmm. I think I was going to pick up Odd Taxi at some point anyways, so that that's a good solid option we won't tell you guys which options we're going to take here we'll we'll bring it back next week but there there are options so it also encourages a little bit for you guys if you've seen it then you can uh leave comments on what you guys thought of them or hopefully next week we can at least sell you a little bit more from a different perspective on why you should pick one of these up though i think since i think the only one that neither one of us talked about was dark history of villainess I did not bring that one up as my top, but I think it's one that's interesting and worth reading, considering having you read all of Spider is probably a little bit overboard. Even if you can <laughs> read it fairly quick, uh, eight current light novels is probably a bit overboard. And I don't think you'd get terribly far if you only read one or two just to talk about it next week because the story gets pretty crazy. So, yeah, with that, guys, thank you for joining us in our little isekai podcast and we will look forward to seeing you guys next week